Merry Christmas! Hi! Hello! Hi! Merry Christmas! Merry Christmas! Is this is going to air on Christmas? Yes, this is today is Christmas. All right. Yes, uh, you, you're surrounded by family and friends, you're unwrapping presents or whatever you may do, or you're getting Chinese food, whatever you may do. Dude, whatever you get that thing. for lunch. Yeah, right? Sounds good. I, I will. Um, and like, whatever you may be doing. Uh, Happy Merry holidays. holidays to you. Merry, Merry holiday sal- salutations. Yes. We're the Media Boat Podcast, uh, if you didn't already know that. And this is episode one of our special end of the year wrap up uh yes we have made it to the end of 2019 somehow and we always do our end of the year wrap-ups where we talk about tv music video games and movies not Not necessarily in that order but it will be in that order so yeah we're changing things up a little bit this year mostly due to scheduling Uh, but to you all it means is that we will be Ditching the uh, usual order that we do in the usual show, where we do movies first, then television, then music, then video games. Uh, this year, we decided to mix those around a little bit and give you um, the same information in a different order. Because every time we start this podcast, Matt always jumbles up the order and never <laughs> says it in the right order. We're going to do the same thing here. So yeah. thank you for that. Yeah. Thank Tradition. you for that. Tradition never dies. <laughs> All right, uh, but yes, thank you uh, for tuning in to this special episode. We are going to start today by telling you all about our favorite television for the year of 2019. Well, before we do that, we start with the news, and the news that was yes. 2019. So how we do these wrap-up shows is, first up, we give you a recap of all the things we talked about uh, in the world of whatever the subject is. So today, we'll, for the first half of the show, we'll talk about... The year in television, that was. Uh, the biggest shows, the biggest ending shows, the biggest stories, the biggest shakeups, the biggest cancellations, the biggest ni- uh, news about streaming networks, all, all of that. All of our news stories yes. jammed into one hour-long-ish cast. <laughs> Wrapped up into a nice package. For yes. Me. But after that hour is when the, nil- the real nitty-gritty starts, as we... Narrow down. Mike Gritty onto the podcast, and he starts talking about his favorite. No, no, we start talking about his favorite sports. Unfortunately, we didn't get Gritty on the podcast. I wish. Not yet. We don't live in Philly. We know Uh, someone who does, though. (laughs) No, we don't. Okay, they live outside of Philly, Pittsburgh. Anyway, um, no, Gritty will not be here, but we will have the nitty gritty. uh, Our lists for the favorite shows uh, that we enjoyed the most in 2019, and you also have a special list of shows that we say goodbye to in the year of 2019. Yes, a lot of shows got their series finale this past year, so we'll have a special list for that. But before we get to any lists, we should start 12 months ago, backpedal 12 months, back to January of 2019. All right, what happened in the far-off world of January 2019? Well, as is customary with any beginning of the new year, NCAA trounced its football championship, mm-hmm. where we had Alabama take on Clemson, and congratulations, Clemson, for being last year's college football playoff winner. I remember that being kind of an upset. Yes. Um, Alabama was going into it as the clear-cut favorite, yeah. as they always do, <laughs> and yet... Here they are, having fallen, and yet somehow that could 
that tradition of failing continued even to this past fall season of Alabama. Because they're not even making it. No, they're not even making it to the uh, college football playoffs. Yeah. Uh, But we have other news to move on, including Brooklyn Nine-Nine getting its official return this year to NBC after being canceled from Fox. Yeah. Uh, Wrapping up, of course, all the drama that had at the end of last year that was Mm -hmm. about whether it would be picked up for a renewal at all and whether Fox was going to cancel it for good. Well, they did. But NBC came in, put the show on their lineup, and it was a pretty solid season. Mm -hmm. I had fun with it. It was a good season. And they've already renewed it for another, so uh, we're looking forward to another year of uh, uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine after the new year. Yep. Um, One of the bigger news stories to come out of January was the EU giving an ultimatum to Netflix that it needed 30% of its catalog to feature European content. (laughs) Did that happen? Um, It said that it needed to be by the end of 2019. Yeah. Otherwise, they'll face stiff fines. And did it happen? I don't know. We are at the end of 2019. And we haven't heard anything. We haven't heard anything, so they must have done it. I mean, it's probably all those Netflix shows that nobody's heard of. (laughs) Probably buried in there. (laughs) It's like, oh, this thing called... I don't know, they probably have a show like Life or something like that, and mm-hmm. it's probably got like a European cast in it. <laughs> For all I know. Yep. Uh, also, earlier this year, we had that production of Rent, Live Rent. Uh, yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah. Uh, that was aired on Fox and also had the big drama behind the scenes with one of its actors suddenly going ill. Oh, yeah. Or not going ill. He broke his foot leading up to it. Right. So they had to do a combination of taped and live for that production. Mm -hmm. Let's see. Moving on into February, we had the Super Bowl. Yeah, we did. And congratulations to the Patriots for scoring one touchdown and thus (laughs) winning the football game against the Rams. It looked real bad the whole time. Yep. But you also experienced basically technology in 2019 as <laughs> yes. you watched the Super Bowl on a phone. Yeah, we tried to watch it streaming on PlayStation View, a service that is now dead. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> um, and then uh, that stream was not holding up on the Wi-Fi outside. And so somebody with a T-Mobile phone with uh, unlimited data put up their phone and we watched it on the tiny, tiny phone screen. <laughs> Yes, yeah. but oh, you're still looking forward to an easier game to watch this year, right? But that Super Bowl also hit the 10 year low in ratings, yeah, with only 98 million people watching on CBS when normally it hits the triple digits of 100. Yeah, let's see. Uh, we also have Gwyneth Paltrow and Goop making a partnership with Netflix. <laughs> Did that ever come to fruition? I don't know, I haven't seen anything. Uh, but they raised $50 million in funding. <laughs> so, possibly. For what? We'll see. I don't know. Uh, and we also had the return of all of that with Keenan Thompson oh, yeah. as a producer. I heard nothing about that after it debuted. I watched a little... I watched like 15 minutes of it because I saw it was on. Yeah. They had Keenan Thompson on, on it as like a... As a... Like a half featured player special guest player but it was I don't remember much of it yeah yeah 
I mean, for the audience that it was supposed to be for, for those kids, I'm sure it was fine. Yep. And uh, wrapping up February, we had the announcement of AT&T and uh, the Justice Department rejecting its appeal to purchase Warner Media. And that would have been an ongoing thing this year. <laughs> it had been. And then finally, uh, what was it, last week or two weeks ago? Yes. That they confirmed that it was official and that it happened. Yep. So, uh, no. No, no. Sorry. I think I mean, it was CBS Viacom. Viacom. Yeah. No, before that, a few months ago, uh, it became official. And yes, AT&T does officially own Warner Media now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they are one big conglomerate in a year full of conglomerates. And thus, even though AT&T... Literally had its monopoly break up back in the early 2000s. <laughs> yeah. It didn't take that no. long for it to research back up. Back up. Yep. Uh, we'll see what happens, though, if, uh, for example, if we see a new administration by the end of next year, uh, perhaps uh, in 20, January 2021, maybe we'll see some changes regarding uh, the rules and regulations for how companies uh, merge and purchase. Mm-hmm. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> Uh, as we do, as we'll see, we're going to move right into March and just streaming right through everything here uh, with, if you remember this, the uh, legal battle between Bones and Fox. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, where an arbitrator issued a 66-page ruling which concluded that Fox executives lied, cheated, and committed fraud at the expense of the show's stars. Yeah. As they were undercut in their um, in their contract negotiations for its final seasons. Undercut Gems. That's the sequel to Uncut Gems. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Except this one stars um, Rachel Deschanel. No, not Rachel Deschanel. Emily Deschanel. Emily Deschanel. Yes. I knew it wasn't Zoe, so I tried to throw yeah. something that was completely nothing there. Zoe's sister. <laughs> yes. Uh, but don't forget, that wasn't the only Fox trickery. Of course. Yes. As um, there was, they were trying to negotiate lower rates with Fringe, as it was also compared to House in the streaming, saying that it wasn't pulling in the exact same weight, so therefore your royalties weren't that, yeah, um, weren't that big of a paycheck or paycheck. But as we all know, that was a lie. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we also had. Bandersnatch coming out in yeah. Netflix. And that kind of started uh, Netflix on a, uh, a road down into Choose Your Own Adventure Media, uh, which continues till today. I believe they have a couple more shows that are planned that have yet to debut uh, that will be for, uh, that will use the same technology. Yeah, and they also planned on doubling the content in India over the next year uh, from 25 to 30 languages. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know if that's happened yet. I mean, that's international Netflix. We don't really talk about international no, Netflix as much. It's still interesting. Mm-hmm. No. Uh, but also one of the big deals that came out of last year and rolled over to this year was the Disney purchase of Fox. Yes. And it officially closed yes. uh, in March. Officially became official, and uh, now we're already seeing the results of that, with mm-hmm. Disney Plus uh, having the entire run of The Simpsons, and uh, Fox-produced movies such as Avatar. I mean, the, the proof is right there, uh, that all this got wrapped up into the big Disney uh, Disney machine. 
Yep, Disney was ex- is was still here, expected to pay thirty five point seven billion dollars in cash. Yeah, and issue three hundred forty three million dollars in new Disney shares to finance the transaction. Yeah, if we're talking about biggest stories of the year, this is definitely up there. Mm-hmm. I mean, right up there with them. Also, I mean, in conjunction, they also had to sell off their sports network. The uh, Fox, yeah, the Fox did, yeah. Uh, no, Disney had to sell off its regional network. Oh, that's right, the regional networks, that's right. Right, um, and what was it? Ice-T, I think, was at one point in contention to purchase it. <laughs> oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Uh, it was like Ice-T and I, or Ice-Q with the big three network. Oh. Or something. Yeah, I don't remember. Uh, oh, it was Ice Cube and LL Cool J All right. putting a bid in for yeah. Disney's regional not sports a, network. Not Ice T. Ice T is still on a uh, CSI. Yes. Miami <laughs> or whatever the hell he's on. No, a lot order SVU, not CSI. <laughs> right. And um, also in March, right before MLB baseball season, yeah, we had one of the biggest contracts signed. We did in Mike Trout signing for twelve years, four hundred thirty-two million dollars. Except that record has already been bested, <laughs> as we talked about last week. Yes, uh, I, yeah, as we talked about on our previous weekly podcast. Yes, that yeah, even that record is no longer a record. Yeah, uh, but God, it's just. I mean, it's there a goes. Lot of money. You know, and then even later on, the Angels purchased or will be continuously purchasing Angel Stadium over for the next fifty years. I heard that, yes. Away from the city, and of course, Mike Trout. Of course, he's sticking around, and for good reason too, because another year of being um, arguably the best uh, player in the league. Mm-hmm. And he'll probably be the next best player in the league for. For those him. remaining 12 years <laughs> and assume. never win a championship unless, because of pitching. Because of the pitching. Yep. Because unless of pitching. Unless something drastic happens, it doesn't look like we're going to see victory for him in, in any time in the future. Mm-hmm. Uh, see, uh, speaking of other streaming services, uh, we had YouTube canceling plans for its high-end dramas and comedies and basically <laughs> pulling away from its original, pr- original content. Which is fine because they probably looked at the uh, they probably looked at the uh, people that they'd have to compete with, mm-hmm. uh, namely Disney, and probably decided, well, we could put our money into this or we could put in our money into other things because we're freaking Google. So they decided not to. Well, not only that, but Apple TV Plus was awesome. announced this year in March, and then arrived not too long ago in November. Yeah, it's here. Uh, you get free. Uh, Free years of it when you buy an Apple product like I did this year, mm-hmm. and so technically it's out there and you can watch it. But I've heard literally nobody talking about it. The only thing I've heard about it is one show, the morning show, yeah. because it's been nominated for a Golden Globe. Yeah, but I've also heard that it's not that great. So it's like <laughs> who knows? Uh, but yeah, uh, it's there if you want it. Mm-hmm. And w- this. Wouldn't be a year if we didn't at least give a shout out to the retirement of Gronk. Yeah. Gronk officially retired after much speculation, decided to hang up his cleats and pick up a beer. <laughs> multiple, multiple beers. Multiple beers. Oh, sorry, pick up a kid. He's yeah, strong exactly. enough to he pick can, up he a can kid. Do it. I believe in him. Uh, this, of course, would follow, uh, would be followed by several more very high-profile retirements, but we'll get to those later. 
Uh, we at all, least one more. At least one more. <laughs> Wait, which one are you thinking of? Uh, the fairly recent one. I'm, I'm lost. We'll get to that later. Okay. <laughs> Maybe I'm not there yet because I'm. My mind yeah. is still back in April. Yeah. Well, what's happening in April? Well, we had not only do we have WrestleMania, but we had the NCAA end of March Madness bracket. Right, we did. With Michigan State, Auburn, Texas Tech, and Virginia all making the Final Four, wherein. Virginia won for the NCAA men's, and Baylor Bears won for the women's. But there's even more competition happening in April, as that is when we officially had this Writers Guild strike against against their agents. And I would put this up there as one of the bigger stories of the year. It took a long time for this to get resolved, and even when it did, it was kind of left a little uneasy. Um, yeah, it, it ultimately, I think what we saw here was just a complete, like, I don't know if it was a misunderstanding, but like a complete, a complete reworking of how agents and writers are, are related. It was that agents were trying to double dip by also becoming production companies right. and undercutting the pay for the writers saying that they'll work on these shows and guarantee them seasons but not necessarily guarantee them the same price because the agents are no longer working for the best deal because yeah. they're not just representing their clients anymore. They're representing the production company instead and the bottom dollar line. Yeah. So ultimately, uh, hopefully this will mean a, a little bit more of a fair representation for the writers going mm-hmm. forward. Oh, yes. I found the next uh, retirement. <laughs> yes. uh, we're talking about Dallas Mavericks superstar Dirk Nowitzki announced his retirement mm. this past year as well. Uh, Not the one I was thinking of. There's still more? There's still more. Oh, wow. There's still more. <laughs> oh, yes. This retirement. <laughs> uh, D&D retirement as Game of Thrones ended <laughs> in April. Sure. And sent lots of those actors into early retirement. Yeah, I mean, we'll talk more about that, of course, later when we talk about shows we said goodbye to. Yes. Uh, but yeah, it was probably, I mean, you could even make an argument that this is one of the bigger stories of the year. Um, it was a uh, show that had been um, HBO's number one thing, arguably the number one thing on television as a whole when you talk about conversations that it started. When you talk about shows of the decade, it's yeah. definitely up there. It definitely made an impact, and a lot of people were dedicated to it. But this finale kind of solidified the feeling that had the fans had felt for the last couple seasons, which is the quality just had gone so sharply down that it was hard for a lot of people to uh, be as engaged as they were in the early seasons. And thus, the finale kind of left a weird taste in a lot of people's mouth. And so, yes, it was very, like, much the most talked about television event of the year. But was it the most liked? Definitely not. Probably not, because people had their own feelings of how the show should have ended. And how the show actually ended was nowhere near any of those feelings at all. No. So, um, yeah, it definitely uh, left an impact. But uh, I don't think fans are clamoring uh, for the next thing a Game of Thrones related. Which is why a lot of it is right now in kind of development chaos. Yeah, they had... 10 spec scripts originally, mm-hmm. whittled those down to two to go into production, and before one of the ones yeah, production got, got canceled. canceled. Yeah. And then, of course, you have the uh, the creative heads of the of the franchise uh, 
getting a Star Wars movie taken right out from under their noses. Uh, right. They got signed on to Star Wars end of last year, yeah. only for it to be taken out later this year. Yeah. So feelings are muddled. Um, they're definitely complicated about Game of Thrones. But overall, I think that this year will be remembered as, yeah, the, the year we all said goodbye to it. Mm-hmm. And like you said, we'll talk about more about it right. when we do later. our show wrap-up at the end. Yes. Uh, but we're still in April, surprisingly. We are. And we also, speaking of Ice Cube, yeah, uh, and his big three network, or his big three competition, they had signed the CBS deal earlier this year to end up showing their 11-week season on CBS and CBS Sports Network. Yes. And that was a big deal, a 45-hour coverage throughout the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also had Disney, just Disney Plus. Period. I mean, yeah. I have a lot of news throughout this year covering Disney Plus. Yeah. Leading up to the launch. Yeah, I mean, well, we can debate this a little later, but like, I think that this might be and might end up being, especially after we look back at it in the future, the story of the year is just Disney Plus launching, existing, and being a formidable force in the streaming wars. Uh, well, would you consider the acquisition to be separate from Disney I Plus do. then? I do consider that that different because that has a, ripples beyond just television. Okay. But uh, but yeah, this is definitely one of the biggest biggest stories of the year. All right. Also, one of the biggest stories of the year is also one of the biggest earners of the year mm-hmm. in terms of Jeopardy winnings with mm-hmm. James Holzhauer, the. Uh, pub mass pub quiz master <laughs> turned Jeopardy on its head by yes. basically rigging not rigging the game but upending how the game is played and winning over a million dollars in fourteen days. Yeah, he uh, set speed records. He didn't. Uh, he didn't beat, of course, Ken Jennings' number of games record. Nor did he beat the uh, winnings uh, total money record. Uh, but uh, he definitely made an impact and kind of made a conversation happen um, on the internet and elsewhere about whether or not Jeopardy's rules are uh, the way they should be or if they can be easily manipulated. Yeah. And in fact, uh, he set himself up now to uh, compete in a uh, best ever tournament that's happening, I believe, early next year uh, with him against uh, Ken the Jennings. two other record holders, Ken Jennings and the guy's name I always forget. Uh, Brad Rutter. Brad Rutter, yeah. Yes. So it's, it'll be the three of them facing off against each other. Right. Also realize that he, that James Holzhauer, holds the top six places for single game winnings. Winnings, yes. Each of them over a hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> so yeah, it's like in a game. It makes in a, a really game. interesting Jeopardy conversation about which of those three actually has an advantage here because mm-hmm. they completely come out the game three different ways. Mm-hmm. And it'll be really fascinating to watch them. Well, typically, I guess, with those three, it'd be whoever hits that buzzer first. And yeah, exactly. They're all very fast. <laughs> yeah. So we'll see. All right. Uh, that brings us into May. And we're going to roll right into the NFL draft where yes. Kyler Murray drafted number one by the Cardinals overall, who... The very next day, kicked off their former number one draft, Josh Rosen, <laughs> to the Dolphins. Yes. And how do you say that kind of turned out for them? 
I have no idea. Oh, that's right. You don't follow sports. I, don't watch, I haven't watched a single game of football this year. Well, they've won three games with Kyler Murray okay. at quarterback. But he is an, ex- an exciting player to watch. And seeing as, as Lamar Jackson this year basically tore up the NFL's rules and gained over 1,000 rushing yards as a quarterback. Mm-hmm. He broke Michael Vick's record of quarterback rushing yards means that, hey, maybe this is something new to look into. Something the quarterbacks could be <laughs> trending towards? Question mark? Maybe. But yeah, chances are, uh, this if this year's anything like last year, the only, uh, the, the next football game and probably only football game I will watch will be the Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so, what else happened in May? Also in May, we had the Sinclair Group reaching a uh, deal yes. to buy the 21 regional networks from Walt Disney World, from the Walt Disney Corporation. <laughs> so this is interesting because if you'll recall our conversation at the end of last year, yes, this was one of our big stories was about Sinclair. Right, about Sinclair's basically Taking having over the local, local news, networks. Yeah, yeah, local networks and forcing their own content, like pre-structured... Yeah, news segments into every local network. So this was kind of the dark side of those sales, of the sales of the sports networks, Mm -hmm. is that we knew that Sinclair was one of the possible uh, suitors. And sure enough. Uh, Let's see. We also have a deal signed by Phil Lord and Chris Miller to the Sony Pictures for a five-year deal. Yes. Somewhere in the nine-figure range. And, of course, this followed their immense success with Enter, Enter the Spider-Verse, mm-hmm. uh, which made a lot of money for them. So this was a no-brainer. Obviously, you put them on projects, uh, keep them in the stable, and they'll just keep churning out hits for you. Right. Plus, they're also responsible for Sony's hits of 21 and 22 Jump Street as yes. well. So, yeah. Uh, needless to say, Sony knows what they have there, and they don't want... Them to say, I don't know, leave for Netflix, like a lot of creatives did over the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. Oh, I mean, you can put this probably up there with uh, possible big news stories. Okay. I'm not sure how big because we don't have an, an official end result. <laughs> yeah. But the Georgia state governor signing the piece of legislation that bans abortions right. and thus all the production companies threatened to pull out of Georgia. Right. I don't think it's made that much of an impact because um, over the course of the year, I've still seen just as many productions in Georgia as before. Right, but all that is probably already in the can. Yeah, so I wonder if we'll maybe see the the ripples of this next year uh, more so than this year. Mm-hmm. Let's see. We also let's see a lot of shows got renewed in April, as they do with the end of sweeps mm-hmm. or closing in at the end of their seasons. Yeah. Uh, Oh, we also have the NBA championship with the Toronto Raptors taking on the Golden State Warriors. Yes, and the the Raptors. Yes, congratulations to Drake. We can say that now. The Raptors showed him up, and uh, since then, the Golden State Warriors have been on a downwards trajectory. Yeah, they went from the NBA championship last year. To currently <laughs> one of the worst records in the NBA. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, quite a change. Well, to be fair, even the Raptors had literally their entire team poached 
where the MVP Kawhi Leonard came over to LA to play against LeBron right. seasonally at, on the Clippers. Yeah. Uh, let's see. We also had the big news of the vo- of Adam Levine leaving The Voice. Yeah. Uh, big ish news. I guess. Yeah, say big maybe generous here. Yeah. But, I mean, considering that he was, he's been there since the literal beginning. Yeah, since the first season. But hey, this gives other the, the opportunities to put people like Cl- Kelly Clarkson in there. Mm-hmm. Kelly Clarkson, John Legend, and Gwen yeah. Stefani. Right. Uh, let's see here, and I think that's it for May. All right, let's move into the summer. All right, let's move into June, where what a summer it was. No, uh, what a summer it was <laughs> as the Stanley Cup Finals ended up going to seven games. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, the Blues, or the, the Boston Bruins, I think. Yeah. No, Blues. The Blues. The Blues. The Bl- St. Louis Blues ended up beating the right. Boston Bruins. Yes. Um, which, if I remember correctly, the Blues, at the turn of the All-Star break, had the second worst record. Mm-hmm. And then had to basically run out the table, or run the table, to even barely make it into the playoffs. And win, like, every single game. And win every single game. And, yeah, they yeah. really turned their season into something special. Yeah. Uh, but also something special that happened in June. The Scripps National Spelling Bee. Oh, yeah. Where this was a bit of a fun, uh, warm, fuzzy story. As there was a record of eight co-champions. Yeah. That ended the uh, competition with 48 straight Correct word spelled for the last five rounds. Right. Giant tie. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. uh, I was watching that live, and one of my favorite aspects was one of the little girls up there. They gave her the word, and she went, Oh my God, please give me the definition. I beg of you. I know this, but I have to do this. Just (laughs) tell me what it is. (laughs) It was fun just to see, like, eight... uh, Eight co-champions. Yeah, eight co-champions. It's and no crazy. other sport are you ever going to have something no. like that. No. Uh, uh, we also had other big sports uh, that took place this past summer. Uh-huh. The Women's World Cup. Yes, yes. This year has been so long. <laughs> I know. I, I want to put them up. Just everything the oh, Women's yeah. World Cup has done. Still, yes. Uh, the, just the women's national team has done as yeah. one of the bigger stories. Not just winning the World Cup. It might be the sports story of the year, certainly. Maybe. But, I think so. Yeah, because not only did they win the sports cup, but they also took that platform and mm-hmm. elevated it for all women's sports. Yeah. For equal pay. Yeah, for... arguing for the equal pay stuff. And, of course, uh, representation of mm-hmm. uh, LGBTQ communities as well. Right. With, so um, it has so many of those players represent that community. Right, with Megan Rapino Definitely. Yes. Uh, dyeing her hair pink. Yeah. Uh, as for to basically show it, and then also having uh, Amby Wambach kiss her mm-hmm. yes wife girlfriend wife uh, I don't remember but yes yeah um, nationally in front of a and public using audience. that as like to come out essentially right uh, but yeah like it's definitely uh, uh, definitely a boon for representation in sports for sure so yeah definitely a big year for that mm-hmm. let's see we also have. Uh, Sky Studios. What is that? Uh, that is the Comcast Bast Sky. Plan. Oh, right. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Sorry. <laughs> it's a it's a big news story, a, a double news story, if you will. Uh, yeah. 
as uh, Comcast Comcast-backed Sky plan to double investments oh, right. in originals over the next five years in the European content. Right. And uh, I believe when we talked about the story, my response was like, oh yeah, because every single um, like company that runs a service is trying to get into the content creation business now. Mm-hmm. They're trying to fast track it within the next five years. Yeah, it's, it's the thing. You can't just be a distributor anymore. You have to get into content creation. Mm-hmm. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, real briefly, Chernobyl was also came out over the course of the summer. Um, we will definitely be talking about that later this year. I'm sure you will. I'm sure I will. But um, later this podcast, you mean? Yes. Later this year. Later this year. Later <laughs> this podcast. I'm oh, sorry. My mind's in. Um, yeah. In, to in June right here. Now, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, we'll talk more about Chernobyl in right. a little bit. Yeah. Um, we also well. Uh, just piggybacking off that, we have the, um, what is it? The state TV of Russia basically planning a mini crusade against the series to show how they right. see it actually going down. Yeah, which of course, if you uh, have any sort of inkling about how that uh, probably went down, is, uh, yeah, they're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> it's not the wrong, it's that it's super biased right, yeah. and super one-sided. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, we also have. Da, 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 da. Wow, we just talked about mainly sports in June, because nothing happened in TV wise. <laughs> yeah, that checks out because summer, uh, all the shows are over. Yep, all the shows ended, and everything is kind of in a little, in a big lull. Yes. Until so we get into August. Everybody watches sports instead. Yep. Oh. Yeah, you know, right goes, goes, goes to a bunch of video yeah. games. Like no, that. as expected, <laughs> um, The Office was announced to be leaving Netflix oh, right. this year. Yes. I guess that's big for some people. And I mean, later, of course, we would find out that it found a home on NBC streaming service Peacock, which will launch sometime next year. Mm-hmm. For free, apparently. Or was that... Yeah, that's the free one, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's the free one that's going to be ad-supported. That's right. Yeah, that's Peacock. NBC is the only one who's doing that. Right. No one else is doing that. Yeah. Uh, let's see. We also have women's dash team winning, becoming the back-to-back champions. Ross Chastain winning Daytona and slamming a watermelon. Oh, yeah. Thus having the watermelon means. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, let's see here. Oh, yeah. The Home Run Derby. Yeah. Which was super exciting. Yeah, has, and had a winner and a real winner. <laughs> yes, where Mets rookie Pete Alonso uh-huh. would win the home run derby, but really, Vlad Guerrero yes. Jr. really won the home run derby because he hit 91 home runs yeah. throughout the competition and literally set the home run record <laughs> every single round, Yeah, but, but. ended up losing overall. <laughs> yeah. Because of that, because he always went first, so he had to set it high. Right. And because, um, was it Alonzo? Yeah, Pete Alonzo always went second. Yeah. He only had to hit one more than the previous guy. (laughs) It's almost like they maybe need to take a look at how they do the scoring in the home run derby. Well, you can't have them go at the same time. You should have a telecast in multiple stadiums. I mean, technically you could, I guess. You just have it, like, just off-centered a bit. Right, right. Like, one on the right side, one on the left side. It's just keep pitching. The balls don't collide in midair. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) If they do, just do a redo. Or you just do one pitch, one pitch, one pitch, one pitch, just 
because it's in the or like I said, do a telecast in multiple stadiums. <laughs> so you can't see it. Can yeah, and have two people do it at the same time. Yeah, but then you're splitting stadiums. Like, yeah, why don't you do it's that? As if you had two stadiums in the same city, like I'm, that, that LA, exists, right? I mean, yeah, you could do. But like, then it's uh, always going to be in LA. Is that or you could do like an East Coast West Coast thing, oh, like yeah, yeah, for yeah. the home and derby? But then that doesn't necessarily <laughs> play in for the All Star game. Well, this is why we're not the commissioner of baseball. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, speaking of Peacock and Disney Plus, uh-huh. um, H- Warner Brothers announced yes. its streaming service, HBO Max, right, this year. Yes. Um, yeah. And so far, uh, as, uh, since then, we've learned all sorts of uh, programs that are coming over there, both uh, returning programs from the Warner Stable as well as uh, shows getting random reboots that we did not expect, like mm-hmm. Adventure Time. Yep. Uh, we also had uh, Djokovic beating Roger Federer, or DK Djokovic beating Roger Federer to win Wimbledon mm-hmm. in a five-hour match. Oh, yeah. That was just an exciting year of sports. It was a great year in sports, and I don't follow that many sports. I know. I know you don't, but but man. even though I, Even though I didn't, I definitely heard a lot of stories about a lot of crazy stuff happening. Mm-hmm. And because we are talking about TV, we also have to talk about the Emmys yes, that happened this the Emmys year. Happened. Uh, any anything in particular stand out from that? I remember besides Game of Thrones yeah, winning best drama. I think the biggest uh, 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 surprise for me personally was just the crazy uh, like support for Fleabag, right? Uh, which won in almost every category it was nominated for. Uh, so that was definitely, I think, the story of the year for me because it was the biggest surprise. Because uh, the rest of the awards were pretty predictable. Mm-hmm. Um, also, this year we had the announcement of WrestleMania coming to Fox <laughs> on Fridays. Right. Yes, which has ended up being well, not WrestleMania, but but no, not WrestleMania, but uh, uh, SmackDown. SmackDown. Yes. Uh, but yeah, which kind of ended up kind of being disappointing for a lot of fans it seems like the fox programs are not as entertaining it seems like they're trying to do a lot of stunts that just don't pan mm-hmm. out it seems like wrestling fans are not liking what the fox offering has been this year well they put it on friday specifically yeah. thing if you're going to watch it on monday you're going to watch it on friday right uh but they also started in october yeah without realizing that they also have the mlb um world series right. which takes Super precedent so, over wrestling. I think ultimately uh, scheduling was not the reason why it's been um, uh, disappointing, though. I think it's the programming and the actual content has just not been there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Once you struggle with your iPad here, we'll go continue to the summer here. Yeah, we'll continue to the summer. And um, the big uh, controversy, okay. if you want to say, about Arthur... Oh, right, yes. The Having quote, a gay wedding. Quote, controversy. Quote. Yes. I mean, this is a show, I mean, Arthur, of course, the, being the PBS Kids program that's been running for over 20 years now. Yes. Um, I mean, yeah, it's, it's, of course, been no stranger to having these controversies. They've had uh, gay characters before in the show, uh, but this is the first time that a gay wedding happened. Um, and yeah, and the worst that really happened was that some um, uh, uh, PBS affiliates in the South said they weren't going to air it. But overall, I think this is a net positive. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, it just went uh, it added to uh, a list of uh, kids programming in the last couple of years that have uh, done really, really important things for representation. Mm-hmm. I'll get to that 
in my list of uh, shows for the year later. Okay. And uh, real briefly, we also had the Kyoto Animation Studio that went yes. up in flames. Yes. Not, not that the studio, like, is no longer with us, but that it literally yes. went up in flames. An yes. arson happened. And did a lot of damage to a lot of... Um, a lot of material regarding the shows that they worked on. Mm-hmm. And, well, because they were basically the powerhouse, power horse, workhorse, work power mm-hmm. of a lot of premium animation studios out there who lended out a lot of artworks to them. Yeah. They helped out a lot of more recognizable studios, um, but that does not mean that they were not um, uh, significant in their own in their own way. Mm-hmm. And lastly, in July, we had uh, DBY said David Benioff um, creating their own production company. Yes. And making an, an overall deal with Netflix. Right, which we have uh, yet to see exactly what that's going to be. Um, but as far as we know, as of today, that deal hasn't fallen through. So <laughs> they're still doing something for Netflix. Yeah. Of some sort. Right. And we move all the way into August, just chugging along. Yes. Uh, with Disney Plus finally announcing its uh, pricing at twelve ninety nine a month, uh, for bundle for you get the ESPN yeah. Plus, Disney Plus, and Hulu with ads for twelve ninety nine a month. More importantly, though, they announced their base pricing, which was way under what anybody could imagine. Right. Uh, six ninety nine was six ninety nine a month. Six ninety nine a month. Yeah. Just it continues to blow my mind that they're able to operate with that such such below uh, entry fee, but then I remember oh they're Disney literally everyone's going to sign up for this thing mm-hmm. and they don't need to up the price. Well, not only that, but they also had the special of Disney Plus where you could buy hundred for one hundred fifty dollars right for three a, years. For, yeah, for three years, and which they, I jumped on. Yeah, and they continued throughout the rest of the year to and, add, add on like. Um, Discounts for people that were members of things like Verizon and like the Disney Pass holders and just anything you could imagine. Yep. And if you're watching this, this is your Christmas present, <laughs> David and Christina. Ah, <laughs> how cute. Uh, they're not watching this; they're listening. To yes. This. If you're listening to this, because <laughs> this is Christmas after all, here's your Christmas present. I mean, you could watch this podcast, but that would be kind of boring. You'd just be staring at an MP3 file move. You're just watching it tick, 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 yeah. tick up? I don't know. You know, do what you want, but I would. that doesn't sound like a good Saturday to me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but in August... Uh, as Wednesday, we, sorry, it's Christmas. It's anyway. Wednesday. As we mentioned in August, uh, in, as we mentioned previously, CBS and Viacom reached a deal uh, to be acquired for $11.7 billion, becoming yeah. Viacom CBS. Yes. And... Just last week, that was official. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also had the Little League World Series happen, mm-hmm. uh, and you are looking at here. <laughs> YouTube, I'm <laughs> sorry, okay, no, YouTube uh, Originals becoming free. Yeah. After uh, after YouTube decided to basically distance itself yes. from its um, premium content. Yeah, what a complicated year for YouTube because they had the whole thing with Red turning into premium mm-hmm. and then this happening where they were basically like, yeah, you can watch this stuff. We'll just put ads in between them. Not only that, but then they also had um, Stadia yeah. in general. Oh, yeah. Google as a whole, yes, has yeah. had a crazy year. Let's see. Uh, other stuff that happened in 
August. That is basically not D23 or Disney. <laughs> I'm trying to find. Yeah. Um, oh, the Disney Legends cast, or the new Disney Legends got announced. Right, yes. Uh, Christina Aguilera, mm-hmm. Wing Child, Robert Downey Jr., John Favreau, James Earl Jones, Bette Midler, Kenny Ortega, Burnett Ritchie, Robin, Robin Roberts, Diane Sawyer, Ming-Na Wen, and Hans Zimmer all became Disney legends this year. Yeah. Uh, deservedly so, for the most part. Mm-hmm. I don't see anything wrong with that list. Yeah, it's pretty solid. Yeah. Uh, we also had um, SNL come back with its new cast members and its... I'm uh, sorry, two new cast members, yes. not three. Yeah, uh, that was probably the only notable thing was the whole controversy about the other dude that they said, yeah, sure, and then absolutely not to, uh, just about a, with Literally a, like a week? Uh, but yeah, uh, but since then, I really haven't heard much about this season. I have not watched it, uh, except for one episode, which I watched because of Taylor Swift. Uh, I have <laughs> watched it. I didn't watch the actual Passively? Episode, just, the, just the music. I've watched it passively, and it seems like when they're not doing political sketches, their other sketches seem to be just failing yeah. miserably. It's just it's the the, 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 the the team that they have right now is just not not cranking out classics like like uh, we've seen in the past. I think it's a waste of that excellent cast that they have. It's definitely in the writing, or it's definitely it's in definitely the character the character creations. Yeah, they're just not pulling on the things that they need to be pulling right, on. Right, because you can only do so many game show types with Keenan uh, Thompson. Every single time. Every single show is a game show now. Yep. Anyway. Uh, anyways, we're going to move into September, where we had the NFL 100th season kickoff. Yes, it is the 100th season of NFL football. Yep. Uh, where we had two of the oldest teams play against each other to start, the Bears versus the Packers. And overall, this season has been pleasantly surprising in terms of who comes out on top. Yeah, uh, so far, uh, from my understanding, it's not the ones you think. Um, well, you have the Patriots on top uh, as well. Well, I mean, the Saints. And the Saints. Yeah. Uh, but the Packers, with their new head coach, have definitely turned it around. Yeah. Um, the Rams, who were the f- easy, like, front like front horse runner yeah. to start the season, have... May or may not actually make the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, and out of nowhere, Lamar Jackson and Baltimore have just been demolishing people. Also, on the West Coast side of that, the 49ers and Jimmy yeah. G-String diva <laughs> Jimmy Garoppolo. <laughs> Jimmy GQ. <laughs> Jimmy Jesus. Whatever you want to call him. <laughs> he has so many nicknames. <laughs> It's also so good looking. <laughs> so yeah, who knows uh, what we'll, the playoff picture will look at, but will will look like, but we'll know pretty soon here. Yep, we'll have that um, champion soon. Soon, well, next month, but yeah. for end of the year, that'll count for next year. Uh, let's see. We also have more writer strike continuing. Yep. Took a while for that to get resolved. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, speaking of football, Antonio Brown. Oh, this guy has had a year. Oh, what a year. <laughs> Literally started this year in Pittsburgh, mm-hmm. got traded to the Raiders. Yeah. Got frostbitten on his feet. <laughs> yeah. Couldn't find a helmet. 
<laughs> played one week for the Raiders and left, yeah. only to go to the Patriots to play for one week, score a touchdown in said week, and then, like two days later, be off the team for um, allegations of assault. Yeah, it's been a rough year. Question mark? Uh, that's not a question mark. <laughs> yeah, question mark. No. Jeez. Yeah, uh, but one of the biggest sports stories up there this year also happened uh, with the NCAA mm-hmm. and California Assembly passing a bill to allow college athletes to hire agents and be paid for the use of their name, image, or likeness. Yes. Definitely up there in sports stories of the year. Yep, because uh, this also forced the NCAA itself to basically take a look at its own rule book and said that they'll continue to look into it. Um, yeah. This The California bill, while it will only affect students who attend California universities, uh, won't take effect until 2022, but that also gives um, the NCAA four years to look into this. Right. And see if they want to make changes nationwide. Mm-hmm. Uh, this, of course, coupled with EA Sports saying that they would be very, very interested in the possibility of making a college football game again, mm-hmm. uh, which would be incredibly lucrative for the uh, both EA and for the league if they chose to uh, cooperate and let them do that. Yep. Um, see, we also have Netflix. Uh, with The Office and Seinfeld and yeah. Friends. Yes. And the possibility of um, Community becoming the next biggest streaming rights. And that ended up paying off uh, months later as, I believe, HBO Max said that they got the rights to I want to say yes. Yeah, I think that happened. Uh, we had the Roval. <laughs> oh, yeah, the Roval. The Roval returns. Yes, continues to exist. Yes. Uh, and that brings us right into October, as we have the MLB postseason, and yes. uh, Pete Alonso, who we have mm-hmm. briefly mentioned, setting the home run derby winner, becoming the or setting the new uh, record, the new home run record, by a, by a rookie with fifty three home runs. Yeah, which broke the ever long standing. Um, Record held two years ago by our favorite yes. creative player, Aaron Judge. <laughs> yes. Uh, for home runs by a rookie. All 99s himself. <laughs> uh, but yeah. Um, so that guy, quite a year. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, postseason baseball. Yep. Uh, we also had the launch of CW, or not CW, DC Universe <laughs> yeah. this year. So. Another thing that kind of came and went. Yeah. Because, like, I feel like the offerings were interested, interesting for those who are already in that niche market. And what I mean by niche market is DC fans that are fans of the television offerings that have previously existed uh, and want that plus some new uh, uh, television offerings that are from the same uh, creators and digital comics. <laughs> That's a very niche of a niche of a niche. Yes, but it does exist yeah. if you want to pay for a subscription for it, right. unlike watching it on CW where it's already come bundled with everything right. else. So yeah, I don't know really who that person is. I don't know them personally, um, but I'm sure somebody's watching it. Right. Uh, but um, I bring that up because we also had Ruby Rose 
Yes. Um, the star of the Batwoman on the CW who got injured. Right. Um, doing some stunts as well. Yeah. Um, also, with the CW, uh, or the CW, with the DC Universe, Swamp Thing being on air for two weeks and then getting abruptly canceled. Yeah. Uh, due to a uh, error, an accounting error <laughs> yes. in uh, tax breaks for uh, production in South Carolina. Gotta love it. Accounting error. Yep. Uh, we also had the announcement that Animaniacs would be coming back. Yes. Uh, they're not officially back on TV or on Hulu. Not yet. Not yet. But they had the announcement that all the original, original returning cast would return. Which is key because you can't do that show and have it feel the same without getting the originals. Right. Uh, let's see. We also have... Da, 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 da. I think we're coming towards the end here because all this is really recent, recent stuff, yeah. um, including the SEC making a ruling or possibly making a ruling about uh, monopoly cable markets. Yes. Um, with a petition from Charter that wants to quantify streaming services as a reasonable competition for conventional cable. Right. But then that brings us into November. Yeah, which was literally last really month. recent, yeah. Yeah, where we had, um, yeah, DC drama, uh, rather not DC dramas, but Greg Berlanti, probably mm-hmm. one of the biggest names to come out of this year. Yeah. With topping the production companies. Yeah. Uh, not the production companies, but the number of number production. Number of productions currently running. Yes. Yes. That guy is the king of running a bunch of shows at the same time. <laughs> So, yeah, uh, that's quite a, quite a record. Yeah. Uh, let's see. We also had the uh, Halo finally going into production after years of development. Yes, the Halo TV show, I should say. Yes, Halo TV show. Uh, Sony Pictures purchasing the Game Show Network. Yeah, even though that's not going to really affect most people. <laughs> no. Uh, but Kyle Busch did win the Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series. <laughs> yes. And lastly, in November, the Victoria's Secret being cancelled show. Oh, the, the yes, Victoria's Secret fashion show uh, being cancelled from TV will not be, uh, mm-hmm. not happen and will not be aired. No. Uh, which brings us to literally this month. Yeah, where we have the Mandalorian taking up yes. the water cooler talk, yes. if you have not seen it. Also, I guess, with November, the launch of Disney Plus, officially, even though it feels like we've been... Briefly sprinkling in topics throughout the whole year on it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that brings us to yeah. today. And wow, what a year it's been. So um, if you were to pick, let's say, three of these stories uh, to be the biggest story of the year, what are those three? Because I think I might have my three. Uh, one would be Disney officially buying Fox. Fox. Even though that does, it may have been on our list last last year. Just, yeah. just a warning. <laughs> no, it's definitely on our list yeah. last year, but I don't think it was our final. Yeah. Um, other one would be the launch of Disney Plus and the yes. success it's had, and how it's how basically the announcement of Disney Plus forced everyone else, else to yes. make an announcement that we will have this coming yep. by next year. And uh, my other top two. 
or uh, rounding out my top five here. <laughs> I said three. <laughs> okay, sorry, I do what I want. Well, they're both sports stories. One would be the women's yeah. national team. Choose one sports story. And then the NCAA <laughs> yeah. sports story. Yeah, I mean, I would say that my three would be yeah, uh, the uh, Disney uh, Fox buyout continuing and kind of coming to a close. I think the second story is Disney Plus, exactly for the reasons why you said. But then the third story, yeah, I have, I have a tough, I have a tough split between going with the sports story, mm-hmm. which would be, I think, the um, the uh, the possibilities of that college football deal going through. But then the other half of me says a bigger story, and maybe this is too big of a story, and maybe it kind of ties into story one. The relentless consolidation of these media companies. I mean, in this year, we had AT&T, Warner, and Viacom, CBS, and Disney and Fox. Yeah. In I, one year. In one year, we three. Like, what used to be a pool of, like, I don't know how many companies, become, yeah. like, maybe three or four. Top six. Yeah. Usually the six medias now became three right. giant conglomerates. So, yeah, I mean, all of them are important um, for, for various reasons. Right, but... I'd say that has a lot to deal with the deregulation of our government. It does. And assuming we're going to get a new government in two we'll years, next year. <laughs> Maybe. That all that will eventually be broken up. So, yeah, who knows. But what won't be broken up, though, is those streaming networks. No. I think that that might have an advantage. I think in the digital age of 2019, yeah. the success that everyone has, basically Disney Plus now. Yeah. Or if they're not, they're getting it soon. Yeah. Um, the fact that Mandalorian and the child that is the ma- in the Mandalorian <laughs> yes, yes, the basically took up the rest of this year. Oh, yeah, no. It just absorbed November and December. Yeah. Um, and like you said, just the fact that Disney, because Disney announced it, that everyone else had to get on yes. board fast with it. Yes. I think, um, yeah, I think that that's probably the thing. Because what we're seeing right now is another major change in television. Mm-hmm. The last time this happened was when Netflix brought in all their original programming for the first time and said, no, we're a player in this space and we're going to prove to you that we can ex- coexist. Which was 10 years ago. Which was about a decade ago. And um, what else happened about a decade ago? The writers got a new contract yes. a decade ago, right before yes. the streaming hit. So yeah, this is another big change. What we're seeing right now is we're going from the er- the the streaming era that was uh, into the new streaming era, which is going to be all these individual services with their own unique original content uh, and all fighting for your dollar. Mm-hmm. And like until one company comes along and yeah. says, "Oh." You can have it all on one service, and basically we just get streaming cable again. We get cable again, <laughs> yeah. So, so it'll be. I think that, yeah. I think you're right. I think this is that. This is the story in television this year because we could see the world of television completely being flipped up, up, upside down next year because of all the the seeds that have been planted this year. Right, and that's nothing against like the women's national no, no, team no. winning back to back. No, and then basically. Forcing everyone to talk about women's um, equal pay for women and equal rights and just everything that comes with that national stage and just being so vocal about it. But when you're talking about the literal act of television changing, like how you watch television changing, 
That has to be. That has to be it. I mean, yes, we're <laughs> yes, you're you're right. Yeah. Though. By all definition, you are right that the literal act of television is changing for this new decade as we know it. Yeah. And with that, yeah, I guess we're gonna call. I think that's the recap done. Recap of exactly in an hour. Look at that. Yes. Yeah, so <laughs> our our main story is just the announcement of all these streaming services. Yes, yeah, the streaming future. The future of streaming. Plus, and the future of streaming. Yeah, okay, that's what you could call it. All right. Well, that brings us into it's list time. Lists. <laughs> Matt, I yes. calculated here. Okay. How many shows did we talk about? Uh, I would say upwards of fifty. It is more than fifty. Yes, you are right. It is upwards of fifty. Uh, sixty-seven. It is upwards of sixty-seven. Eighty-nine. Uh, you overshot it there. Okay. 73 three. shows. <laughs> cool. Nailed it. Cool. You got it. Third time's a charm. This has been, with, I mean, coupled with the advent of all these new services and uh, with how, like, television is watched in the year 2019, there are a lot of television shows. Mm-hmm. That just the sheer number is just insane when you think about it. Right. And that brings us into uh, lists time. Yes, it does. All right, do you want... So how do you want... Do you want to do your list first? Do you want me to do my list I first? I can do my list first. Uh, Let me pull okay. it up on my computer here. Okay. Just so I remember exactly everything. Before I start my top five, though, I want to do two honorable mentions. Okay. You can do this if you want. Okay. Uh, my honorable mentions uh, that just can't... Are not top five material just because of their varied um, levels of quality uh, throughout the year. But I want to mention just because they were some of my favorite weird things about television this year okay. just like last year my first honorable mention is jeopardy mm-hmm. because of all the reasons we mentioned at the top of the show which was about james holzhauer's ridiculous run all the crazy fun tournaments they had this year and the promise of more and also the emotional roller coaster that oh. was watching alex trebek this year yeah and his you know complications in his health announcing that he had mm-hmm. uh, cancer and then uh, recovering the from that yes. and being able to come out on the other side and say that things were working out for him uh, from some a disease that a lot of people do not survive, mm-hmm. uh, at least of that severity level. Right, especially of his age, too. Right. So um, overall, it was just it remains being the best game show on television. It remains being just an, so much fun to watch. No, I mean, I definitely agree. I would put that as an honorable mention myself, yeah. considering that even... All these years later, I'm still watching it like, oh, it's 7 o'clock, turn on Jeopardy. Yes. Um, we're not watching another cooking show, put on Jeopardy. Routine, yes. The other uh, honorable mention, and when I say varies in quality, I mean it for this one. But I've been doing a lot of catch-up on this show, and it's something that I've watched literally since I was nine. I want to talk about the current season of Pokemon Sun and Moon, uh, which they've titled, uh, at least in the English dub, mm-hmm. uh, Ultra Adventures. Okay. So the reason why I'm shouting this out is because I've kind of gone in and out of actually appreciating the Pokemon show, uh, like, for multiple reasons, and that's because the quality has usually been so basement level. <laughs> but what they've done with the Sun and Moon series is that they've taken such a eye for the animation, mm-hmm. the budget you can see has gone way up since, it used to, since what it used to be. It's a beautiful looking show, and the current season... They do so many creative things with the characters and the world. Every single episode, every single episode, I'm like, that 
looks crazy amazing. Like, there's always some sort of animation showpiece in that thing that just looks incredible. Right. And I know beginning of, not just Ultra Sun, but just of Sun Sun and Moon Moon series series that people were severely questioning the animation style coming from the X, Y, and Z series. And you know what? I think I've come around now to completely, like, agreeing with what they've chosen to do. Of course, now on the precipice of the changing again. Right. Uh, But I think that ultimately what they wanted to do was they wanted to be able to play around with these characters and make them interesting to look at. And I think that's exactly what they pulled off. And yeah, and the but that's not only where that stuff st- started, like that, like stopped. Like they not only did the uh, like kept an eye of, for the creativity of um, the animation, but also for the plots and the, like the the stories that they present. This season of Pokemon has been the most varied storytelling wise I've ever seen. They do like a, they have several episodes where they're almost like a superhero team tackling like mm-hmm. these you know the ultra beasts from the ultra wormholes. They have episodes where they're, like, getting into the television industry. (laughs) Like, I just watched one last night where the three girls, um, like, basically are cast on an idol program. And even the one you showed me (laughs) the other day where they played golf. (laughs) And they literally did a whole episode about playing golf. And, like, so just the, the, the risks that they're taking. And even an episode where they deal directly with the character's dead mom. Mm -hmm. And, like, it actually is a melodrama that works. And it's something that they could have never pulled off in, like, the Johto or Hoenn seasons. It's like, that show, they're doing something really special with that, and it makes me really excited to see what they do with the new series, which in Japan is just called Pokemon again. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what they'll call it when it comes around here. Also, I don't know if you saw on Twitter uh, yesterday, but they announced a uh, side series, a special seven-part side series that will specifically focus on Galar, uh, okay. the Sun and Moon location. Or, sorry, the Sword and Shield location. I don't know what that's going to be, but they've announced it for English release, so I'm very excited uh, to see what they do there. Okay, and just on top of that, just Pokemon, because I not only <laughs> just follow it here, but I also sort of follow it happening live in Japan. Yeah, yes. And even the new series that they have going with uh, the new Pokemon yeah. uh, in the Galar region yeah. is interesting in itself, because they're going on a whole world adventure through the different yeah. regions before they hit Galar. So yeah, I just want to mention it, that if it's been off your radar for years, like probably most people, yep. it's something that I think you should give at least an episode of a try, if you're a fan, because the things they're doing are wild, like are wild. Especially, it's super cool. Especially now, since it's going to be wheeling right into being next year, right into its um, tournament. Yeah. Or not tournament, but uh, the Pokemon Championship. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it is a well-made cool. series. Yeah, it's cool that the, the amount of work that they're putting into that thing is just... I think what it is, is it's people that were, grew up on it mm-hmm. are finally taking the reins creatively on the show. Uh, and so they want to make the show that they wanted back when they were kids. Right. Anyway. Anyways, your actual, it's my top, actual top, five. top five. So I, I use top five loosely here because I want so badly all of these shows to be my number one show. Okay. So I'm going to start at the bottom, but really, just know these are all number one. <laughs> uh, so first of all, I want to talk about Steven Universe. Steven Universe has had a crazy year. I mean, it's hard to top last year when they literally had uh, the first animated gay wedding. Yes. <laughs> and like had like radical implications for the lore of that show. But this year, they've proven that that wasn't the end. 
And in fact, they've rebooted it. So this includes both the uh, kind of the wrap up of the previous season, the uh, movie, the, the proper Steven Universe thing. It also includes the movie, which I'm including here in television because it's a television movie, and I don't think it really plays with the movie section. No, it's TV movie. And then also the debut debut of the new series, Steven Universe Future, which I'm counting all in one here okay. because I don't really see that as its own series. Yet. No, I see it as all Steven Universe. So yeah, I mean the stuff that they do, like they did in all three of those things this year, were just crazy. The ways that they could wrap up all those loose ends in the series proper just continue to like amaze me how they were able to do it and do it so well. And then the movie, I mean, a musical with all your favorite characters, just what more could you ask for out of a Steven Universe movie? Like, it was so great. We talked about it here on the podcast a lot, so I probably won't go over that information again. Uh, But yeah, and the animation that they pulled off was just spectacular. And then, yeah, and then last week uh, with their premiere of the Steven Universe Future, which continues... Just to show off the like their their prowess when it comes to animation and just plotting and character development. So yeah, if you've liked Steven Universe in the past, this is a great time to pick it back up and catch up to what you missed out of and get on get on board with the new new series as uh, more great stuff is to come. I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Moving on, so, number four. So uh, moving up a little, uh, to a, a series that has gone way before it needed to be. Uh, Tuca and Birdie on Netflix. This thing was incredible. Like, ten episodes, but within ten episodes, they were able to establish really strong characters, hilarious, like, world design, like, just the things that can happen and the chaos that can ensue in the universe of Tuca and Birdie is just crazy to watch. Like, inanimate objects come to life, like, weather changes on the drop of a hat, like, that just everything in like you can have you can eat a cake that has your grandma in it and then can speak within you. It's just the world that they created is just so absurd and so creative that it's unlike watching anything else. It's like taking the like the the, the creativity of something like a Warner, like a Warner Brothers cartoon and putting that into an like something as ostensibly for adults with adult themes is just something that I hadn't seen done before. So like it's right up there with. Bojack Horseman, which I'll talk about in a moment, uh, with like the level of just quality of like of joke writing, and even the depth of emotional storytelling. There's this whole episode in this series that d- dwells with some really like dark content, but they do it so well, and they do it with such a like such a subtle hand that they pull it off 100%. And it was one of the best best episodes of TV I watched all year. And then, of course, Netflix has to ruin the party and pull the plug on it. Right, after one season. After just one season. Not giving it a chance to really see where it could go in a second season. So we could put Tooth and Birdie in our yeah. canceled series. We <laughs> could, but if there are enough other ones that were like bigger goodbyes, then we don't need to. Yes. But I just wanted to shout it out because it was one of the favorite things I watched all year. And it's sad that we'll only have those ten episodes to watch um, Presumably ever. Mm-hmm. So yeah, just wanted to mention that one. Uh, next, I uh, another one that's uh, I guess you could say we said goodbye to this year as well. OKKO, OK Let's Be Heroes. Right, um, another show that was, as you put, canceled too early. Uh, yeah, but in the but in a different way because I feel like OKKO OK had the benefit of lasting a few years and gave it, it truly had time to like 
tell the story that they wanted to. I don't feel like it's a huge loss that uh, that it's gone because they did do the storytelling that they wanted and they and they were able to have a finale that really felt like one of the best finales I've seen for a cartoon. Like they were able to kind of encapsulate the feeling of not only their series ending, but the idea of the cartoons that they love ending and like being able to make the thing that they wanted to. Because like, if anything, OKKO was a show that was like a love letter to cartoons and animation as a whole. I mentioned it several times on the show before. But, like, if you love any kind of animation, that be anime, you know, Warner Brothers cartoons, Disney cartoons, uh, any of those things. Like, OKKO managed to reference all of that and all in, in special ways that you couldn't even, like, see coming. No, and even in that series finale episode, yeah. they were able to reference literally everything they wanted to do but couldn't. Yes. They packed literal like seasons yes into an episode right so you got everything you wanted out of a continuation a continuation of OKKO because they knew that they probably weren't going to be able to make more mm-hmm. so yeah uh, definitely one of my favorite episodes of anything this year was that finale and like everything leading up to it was just as good so yeah if uh, that sounds appealing to you definitely check it out it's one it's going to go down as I think one of the the lost gems of television animation in the future. I think people look back and be like, man, why didn't no one watch this? Kind of like Over the Hedge? Over the Hedge? Oh, you mean Over the Garden Wall? Over the Garden Wall. Yeah. 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 Sorry. Over the Hedge is a film. (laughs) Over the Hedge is a uh, comic, and that became a Yes. Uh, Moving on, though, uh, elsewhere on my list, now I get to talk about BoJack Horseman. So so this is kind of here with an asterisk because it's not done. We still have the second half of the season that aired this year uh, coming up next month. But I wanted to shout it out because even within a half of a season, they were they managed to make some television that really, really uh, blew me away. Uh, just the level of quality of that show is just continues to be just beyond what you can expect from not only just a like a cartoon, but a cartoon on a streaming network with an obviously limited budget and only so much that they can do every year. Mm-hmm. But they're able to tell some really, really uh, great stories with that format. And this year was no exception. They've transformed Bojack the character out of somebody that you like, Ugh, well, he's just always going to be like this. Why are we still watching him? Like I was concerned about two seasons ago when I talked about in the wrap-up two years ago. Mm-hmm. But they've transformed him now in this season into a character that actually seems like he might have a shot at redemption and like actually seems like he's learned from his experiences and that's let them play around more with the other side characters and make interesting stories about them because they no longer have to focus on kind of that dark spot in the center uh, that used to be Bojack. And so it's allowed them in this, this current season that's running to like tie up a lot of loose ends and make it feel real like there's finality and then of course throw everything right back into the blender at the end to make you uh, wonder what's going to happen in the second part just incredible television incredible storytelling i'm really looking forward to see how they wrap up the whole series uh next january and don't be surprised if this ranks pretty high next year as well in my wrap up can you make it high if it's just half a season? I think so. I mean, I'm doing that right now. Well, it is your list. So. Yeah, it's my list. I can do whatever, do whatever you want. want. All right. And last, of course, is your top two. My top one. Your top one? Yes. Or right, your top one. My top, the, the one I think is still for the second year, third, third year in a row, is still the best show on television. NBC's The Good Place. 
we're only halfway through the season. And I already know that this is going to... And it's the last season of the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I already know that this is just probably one of my favorite shows I've ever seen. They just keep pushing the envelope every single episode of the show. Just like last season. Every episode completely rewrites everything that happened before it. Every season rewrites every season that happened before it. Mm-hmm. They are managing to make this interesting in ways, in new ways every single time. And with characters that you've grown to love, uh, with, with like just recurring gags that just keep getting funnier and funnier, and with really touching emotional stories, with this season having one of the most touching and emotional episodes, mm-hmm. especially the last one that aired. Right before the break. Right before the break. Just being just incredible, the levels that they're willing to go. And still, at the, all that being said, it's, and still being the funniest show on I'll TV. Say, and it's still a comedy. Still, it hits you so yes. much that, at the end of the day, it's still a comedy. But you still yeah. feel for these characters. It's still the funniest gags. like And the funniest like visual gags, too. With like the names of the restaurants in the backgrounds. Yes. And like just, just uh, the characters just saying the, the greatest things. It just remains just such a special thing that I, I cannot believe this 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 show has still hasn't had, gotten an Emmy. I mean, it's gotten the nominations, but it's it deserves so much more recognition than it has. Mm-hmm. It deserves to be in the upper echelons of conversations where we're talking about television comedies, and it just it's just getting ignored by the award giving like institutions by the academies that should be realizing just how special this thing is. And I think the fans are there. I think that the fan base understands how special this thing is. So, yeah, uh, it's sad that it's going, but like OKKO, it had a run that was long enough to, uh, it's like tell the stories that they wanted to do, wanted to tell about the characters. And I think that if they can pull off an ending, that respects all that, which I do believe sincerely they can. Mm-hmm. I think this is will easily go down as a classic. Well, it has to stick the landing. Yeah, it, I, I think, think it will. Knowing Michael Schur, yeah, who's had plenty of time to write an ending for us <laughs> for yes, season endings for sure. I think he knows how to end it. I think he can do it. All right, that is my top five. All right, and that brings me to my all right. top five. I am curious about this. Oh, right. Um, just like you, I'm going to put out an honorable mention. Oh, yeah. Real quick, I just remembered an honorable mention. I just yes. want to mention. Yes, go ahead. Uh, Cartoon Network's Infinity Train. I can't believe I didn't talk about it, but I wanted to mention it. Did you just see that on my list? Yes. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's, shoot, that's right. Forgot about it. Well, that was not the one I was going to bring up, but okay. yes. What's um, your honorable mention? Honorable mention to Infinity Train. Yeah. It was only <laughs> five, ep- ten episodes. So, yeah. So... It's, uh, but man, the, the stuff they were able to pull off in five episodes, ten episodes, was incredible. And right, it was a five-day event, as they yeah. put it. And the fact that it's coming back in some sort of form makes it even more interesting. Right, because they kind of wrapped up everything that they told yeah. in that story. So right. it's if they just do like an anthology series, like yeah. I suggested, of just weekly bombs of, of this happening. So yeah, we'll see. Uh, yeah. Uh, let's see. Other my no my actual um, my actual honorable mention, which did not make my top five list, yes. is going to be Game of Thrones. Yeah, I didn't think this was going to make your top five. No, there was a lot better stuff that happened yeah. on TV, but the 
goddamn production value on that thing, uh-huh. the goddamn acting on it, on it, is money well spent. <laughs> like, just, even though the writing may not have ended as people would have wanted, the fact that every single character on that show, <laughs> every single actor, acted their ass off yeah. in it, even though they, like, had the inkling that this may not be what people wanted, but still gave everyone the best performance they could is testament to that show's just entire underline yeah. of the production, of the art direction, the settings, the computer animation, all those graphics going on to it, and then the acting as well. No one in that show, basically, besides the creators, I feel like, said, okay, I'm done with this, like, wanted to walk away. Everyone put their heart and soul into that show and just wish the creators had more emphasis of wanting to end it properly. Or at least give the fans what they deserve. Not, we're just gonna, you know, as they said in in their uh, commentary afterwards, forget about the show and wanting to move on. Yeah. But that... But... But... Because of their lack of vision, that, bring, <laughs> that brings me to... Uh, Talk about five, five television shows that aren't Game of Thrones. Yes, five shows that actually care about their audience <laughs> and actually care about the material they're working on. All right. And the first one has been on my list, like, I think since we started doing these lists. Yeah. And that is This Is Us. Yeah. This Is Us continues to be the tearjerker that it is. It continues to have that emotional impact that it does. So much so that I got my doctor to watch it with (laughs) me this past season. Mm -hmm. And she enjoyed it so much that I I was able to get her to go back and watch the previous seasons with me. Yeah. And continuing to show that, wow, like the level of writing on this thing, how people just, how people aren't, connected in drama and in life and how someone you meet you may not know their impact like down the road but to see that play out in a TV show just makes you appreciate life in general that much more. Oh, That's cute. That should be their tagline. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, NBC continues to have a dominance right there with mm-hmm. uh, with This Is Us. It Like I said, as we've brought up here plenty of times, that single show spawned several other shows like it, mm-hmm. uh, creative to, creatively with the hour-long family drama. <laughs> to uh, middling uh, results. <laughs> yes, to middling results over on ABC. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And even NBC with Bluff City Law. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And New Amsterdam and shows like that. But Anyways, yeah, This Is Us continues to be one of the Bright spots that in television. Yeah. Uh, number four and number three, I could literally interchange sure. because they're both about superheroes. Okay. But, you know, I have to, if I had to put one above the other, it's only because I am more excited about one, about mm. the second season for one than the yeah. other. Meaning, number four is Umbrella Academy. Okay. Coming out on Netflix. Yeah. Um, when this show came out, 
I didn't know what to expect. Mm -hmm. I had vaguely heard of the comic book prior to it. Leading up to the show, uh, more people have been talking about the comic book. And so I was like, okay, I am interested enough to give this a watch. I watched the first episode, and before I knew it, I was halfway done with the series. Mm -hmm. It was that good. It was that interesting. It follows the X-Men formula, you could say, about superheroes growing up and living under one roof. Mm-hmm. And how they're all basically grown up now and have their own lives, but are forced to come back in order to save the world. Yeah. Much like with This Is Us, this is a family character drama driven show that just also happens to involve people with superpowers. Yeah. And that's what I really loved about the show is that at the end of the day, it was about the family. It was about sticking right. together and being a family. About the characters more than it was about the, the actual, like, superhero action happening. Right. Which actually ended up being kind of a detractor for a lot of other people I talked to about this show. Mm-hmm. There were several people who mentioned that they just didn't jive with it because they wanted more action, less, like, interpersonal drama. And I'm just sitting there thinking, like, I don't know. Like, I think you're wrong. <laughs> like, if, if you want just, like, straight-up action, go right. watch a movie. There are other shows for there's that. Lot, yeah, there's a lot of anime shown <laughs> for that. Yeah. Which is why true. I didn't put um, yeah. My Hero Academia on right. here for it, because... Or even One Punch Man, because yeah. those are two shows that mainly strive for action. Even Dragon Ball Super. Yeah. Was, uh, because this year it had the um, tournament arc. Uh, the universal tournament power arc. But ultimately, you're going to care more about those like action scenes and the people in them if you care. You are given time scenes. to care about the characters. And exactly. That's why I think that's key, and that's why I think the people that uh, were really into the comics respected this adaptation of it mm-hmm. because it did exactly that. It was able to translate that part of the comics instead of just the action. Right. And I'm so happy they did because... It definitely made me care for this family. Are you going to go back and read the comics now? No, I'm going to wait for season two. <laughs> ah, okay. Because <laughs> I, I, uh, I did, like, I watched some of the character aspects on YouTube Yeah. about them, and some of the storylines they go are very weird. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. Um, yeah. Um, much like the way Watchmen is right. very weird. Right. Correct. I may not actually want to go watch it, but... <laughs> Or read it, but I will definitely watch it and enjoy it. Okay. Uh, but that's another show, Watchmen, that didn't make my list. But yeah. high production value on that. Fair enough. Uh, but a show that did make my list, number three, also a superhero show Yeah. from Amazon this time called The Boys. Yeah, The Boys. Uh, this was the water cooler talk of the summer, or at least... Briefly. the August. Yeah, yeah. real briefly. Because it was uh, taking that superhero Avengers style and turning it on its head, basically saying that, no, these aren't your knights in shining armor superheroes. Mm -hmm. Everyone's a (laughs) douchebag. Everyone has their hidden demons. And sometimes they can be brought out, especially when certain politics get involved. Not just government politics, but your Mm -hmm. own personal politics and your own personal beliefs. And how, what it is, like you may be the most powerful being there is but if you compromise on what you believe on your core aspects are you really that powerful yeah and it just took what we knew about a superhero dynamic and turned it on its head and definitely 
gave people a different take on this basically decade we've had of superheroes. Yeah. Because um, everyone, I know, literally everyone, is in love with like the Marvel films. New Marvel film will come out. Everyone will go see it. Right. They're expecting the good guys to be the good guys, bad guys to be the bad guys. It's very formulaic. This took said formula and said, no, everyone just kind of sucks. <laughs> you just have to determine who sucks a little bit less yeah. that you're willing to appreciate more. Right. So this doesn't sound like something I would enjoy at all. No. But I could understand why somebody would... It's a different take on the superhero thing. It's definitely a different take on the superhero yeah. genre. Which I think was definitely refreshing. Especially after, you know, the dominance of the Marvel model. Exactly. Yeah. Especially coming off of Avengers Endgame, which was just a straight-up superhero slog fest. <laughs> right. To have this film, or to have this series come out and basically say, yeah, but, you know, just because they have superpowers doesn't mean they're going to be good all right. the time. Yeah. And just, it did something so drastically different that actually makes me want to watch the second season, and I can't wait for the second season, which is why it's this high on my list. Great. But that's only number three. Only number three, my pet. What is your top two? My top two. One is a comedy, one is a drama. Oh. One is ending, and one broke me. Okay. <laughs> At number two, I'm going to list The Good Place as number okay. two. all right. Uh, for literally everything you just said about yeah. how it's continuously the best Jeez. writing on the show. Yeah. It is continuously just ups everyone's game. Yeah. Uh, the fact that every single actor in that show brings it every single time to every single episode to every single scene. It's it, like you said, it is simply amazing how yeah. I think only Tony Danza Tony has, Danza? Not Tony Danza. <laughs> I got Tiny Dancer in my head. <laughs> Ted Danson. Ted Danson is the only one with a nomination in that yeah, show. Yeah, it's it's insane. Like, the, the performances across the board right. are all worth it. And just that writing, yeah. week in and week out, yeah. is some of the best writing on I television. Th- I don't think that there's a bad, show, a bad episode of that show. No. I don't think that there is one bad episode of that show. Which is crazy. Right. I mean, it's going to end up with only like 60 chapters, yeah. episodes. Right, but they're all going to be they're all They're all top-notch. Yeah. And yeah, like I said, we can praise this thing <laughs> over and over. Yeah. It might even be our number one show of the year. I think it might have to be. It might have we'll to be. To. It depends we... on what your number one is. All right, so <laughs> my number one show all right. literally broke me. Yeah. I watched this show and I swelled up with tears. Uh-huh. So much show that even thinking about it right now has me swelling <laughs> no. up in tears. Okay. Um, it's not technically a show, it's a mini series. Uh-huh. But I'm talking about Chernobyl on HBO. Ah, I see, okay. I figured that maybe it would be somewhere in here. Where, where did you think my number one was going? <laughs> I don't know, I actually didn't know. Okay. But Chernobyl. Yeah. The storytelling. In this limited series is eye-opening, not just in the storytelling, but in the fact that it's true events. Yeah. That it's not played up so much so for the drama aspect, but it's more played up for the informational aspect. That 
This is what happened. You know of the name of the Chernobyl disaster, right, but, but what went down? What went down? What caused it? What's the backstory? And what's the fallout? Pun intended. <laughs> literal, literal fallout. Yes. And how it was man versus government in this whole thing right. about trying to get to the truth and how government can even what you may think of as good government and on your side can indeed not necessarily just lie to people straight up, right. but do everything within its omniversal power yeah. to cover up something. Right, exactly. And to basically, in order to protect its own image, doom people. Yeah, the lengths, the lengths that a government will go to just completely erase a horrible disaster. And not, not even call it out. Right. To to wanting to wipe it from history. Yes. To sweep it under the rug. When it has affected multiple lives, like so many lives. Millions. Yeah. Literal millions. And it's changed the way that we as a society and the world think about power and, and disasters. Well, and not just power in yeah. terms of nuclear power, but <laughs> yeah. political power. Right, exactly. And also nuclear power, as the Chernobyl disaster was one of the big reasons and one of the hallmark reasons a lot of the world governments turned away from nuclear power right. because of that disaster. Right. And because they saw the end result that, clearly, we don't want this happening. Yeah. Everyone points to Chernobyl disaster as the thing when they talk about nuclear power. It's the risk. It's the risk. It's the risk. Not necessarily the reward that right. this can be clean when done properly. Yeah. It's just that question and the possibility of it going wrong, as wrong as Chernobyl did, yes. is enough to scare most people away from it. Right. But that's why this show is my number one show. It Watching it literally broke me. It had me in <laughs> tears every episode. And it didn't even have to get to the end of the episode. Usually by halfway through, I was like, but you, why? Why? And then realizing that it's not why because... Of it's a TV show, it's why because it's true events. It actually happened. It's life being captured for us. Yeah. And like I said, it broke me as a person that something of this magnitude is not fictional. Right. I mean, it is a bit fictionalized. It's fictionalized, but it's all real events. Yeah. Yeah. Especially at the end of the episodes, at the end of the whole series, where it's it literally laid out, this is truly what happened. Yeah. These are the people who we have, like, here, like, here are these three scientists that we have made this amalgamation into one person, so mm-hmm. that was not just three different actors. Right. It's, this happened, and this is something that brought a lot of awareness, I think, to public eye. Yeah. And that's why it's my number one show. Cool. Convincing. I don't know if I have, will be able to watch it because I don't have access to HBO. Maybe someday. Maybe Sunday. Sun- no, it's not Sunday. Someday. Yes, maybe someday. <laughs> but... We have came to the end of our personal lists, which yes. means... Before we move on, do you want to do uh, our, our Media Boat podcast number one show before we move on to your saying goodbye list? No, let's just do our number one because I think it's yeah. pretty obvious. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I mean, ranking-wise, 
uh, we would go with the good place here. Yes. And I think ultimately it's the right call. It is and the right call. This will probably be, what, the third year in a row? Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, why fault something when it's yeah. literally done nothing but give us goodness? Right, yeah. There's no way, and especially now, like, knowing that last year is going to be the last year that we'll ever see an episode of The Good Place. Or another new episode. A new episode. I should say, yes. yeah, it's it's going to be uh, quite a quite an experience uh, to get to the end of the show. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, ultimately, yeah, I have no qualms about putting it as our uh, number one television show of 2019 so, uh, for the third year in a row. Congratulations, the good place. You can expect our trophy in the mail. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Just look for it for year four next year. Yes. Anyway, <laughs> all right. Let's quickly go through your goodbye list. As, yes, uh, I have a date with a bathroom uh, pretty soon here. Okay, so before you say hello to the Thunderbug, <laughs> I am going to briefly give you... I made a list. We have so many series finales yeah. this year yeah. that I made a top five series finale list. All right, give them to me. Uh, number five is a split okay. between Infinity Train, as we mentioned. It yeah. was only ten episodes. That's not goodbye. I don't know if it's goodbye or not. They confirmed that there will be more, so I'm going to eliminate this from the list. Okay. They confirmed that it will return. All right. In that case, number five is going to be Broad City. Yeah, Broad City did say goodbye this year. Broad City was a fun yeah. series. I still have to go back and watch it. Uh, the last uh, two seasons I missed. Or no, no, just the last just season. Just last season. I think I did eventually catch up on the second to last. Mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, I've heard good things about that final season. That was... Broad City is a literally a time capsule, I think. <laughs> yeah. Um, about... Two girls living in New York, going on crazy adventures in the late 2010s. Yeah. It is basically covered everything that happened. (laughs) It was very topical for being a comedy show. Yeah. And just sad to see it go. I mean, I know it can't run forever, but... Yeah, I think it ran its course. It did run its course. I think it ended on a good note that even though everyone moves on in life... Mm -hmm. You can still have those make have those and make those lifelong friends that no matter the distance yeah. you're still friends. And I mean those first couple seasons of that show just remain some of the funniest, best written uh, comedy on television uh, at its time. I think it definitely raised a bar for Comedy Central, not only for quality, but I think it also raised a bar for inclusion and diversity in mm-hmm. their programming. Yep. I think Broad City opened a door for other shows uh, to, to follow, including Tuca and Birdie, which is thematically very similar um, and excels in the same ways. Also, I mean, you have the success of NB- like shows like NBC's Good Girls. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have, uh, you know, I'm sure there's others, but it's, it's opened a door for... Yeah, for, for yeah, yeah, actually that's a really good example too. For, for female led comedies. For fe- yeah, for networks to realize that you can have a female led both created by and starring uh, a comedy and make it 100% work. Um, I just saw an ad for uh, another Comedy Central show that's uh, following in the footsteps of Broad City starring Aquafina. Mm-hmm. Uh, I forget what it's called, but she's basically the lead and creator of it. Yep. And it looks like it's actually going to be pretty good. So I think what it did was establish a precedent that we're going to see continue. That it's not just going to be boring white guys leaving your comedies anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, at number four, yeah, I'm going to put Voltron. 
okay. here. Yeah. This is a personal favorite of mine. I've watched yeah. this since it was announced. Yeah. I watched this because it was the same creative team behind uh, Avatar, Avatar The Last Bender. Yeah. And it's just a show that not too good for what it was supposed to be. Yeah. It uh, from the animation to the storytelling to just every little bit season ending wise mm-hmm. that always made you want more. It's a show that even though not nowhere near targeted towards me, <laughs> yeah. continually had me going right. back up into this eighth season. Yeah. And I'm just so happy to be along for that journey. Yeah. Everything about that show just made me smile from the teamwork to the aspects of alien life that they created to just how you're supposed to treat one another. Yeah. And form bonds and form friendships and be kind and have yeah. good tryouts over, over evil. And, of course, it's one of uh, many uh, shows that the, this decade... Uh, raised a bar for uh, diversity and for representation in animation. Mm-hmm. I mean, you had a kid's show that had characters who were basically revealed to, over time, uh, have complicated relationships with both their uh, gender identity and mm-hmm. who they loved. And, like, it added to the just the ever-increasing list now of children's programming that are really making strides in representation. Yep. It was just upset. Well, yeah. I'm happy it ended on the way it did. Yeah. It's one of those shows that actually got the ending it yeah. deserved. That's good. And I'm happy for it. Uh, at Speaking of shows that got the ending it deserved, uh-huh. at number three, yeah. Silicon Valley. Yeah, and you, we don't really need to talk too much about this, because if you listen to the podcast, you talked about this last episode. Yes. Uh, but, but yeah, um, it seemed like, even though it had some rocky moments, uh, overall... You really enjoyed the stories it was able to tell mm-hmm. about the side of the tech industry that most people don't know about. Or sure. if they do know about, they have only heard, read stories about. And it shows, like, not necessarily a realistic depiction, uh, but a depiction of a tech company that wants to get it right. Right. I mean, everyone in these days uses apps on their phone oh, everywhere, yeah. constantly. But no one really knows, like, the struggles that those apps have to become the number one rated app or what they have to do, behind the scenes dealings. It's a real good insight into, yes, a fictionalized world, but overall it is a world nonetheless (laughs) that may that that reflects 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 what's being told. Changing uh, the world of tech. Yes. The the constantly evolving world that these companies have to keep up with. Right. And not just keep up with in terms of technology, but keep up with yeah. in terms of ethics and how, like, it's very easy to step out of bounds and just go for the money yeah, and compromise everything that you know, but to do, but to have your creative vision and stay on that vision without, comprom- without compromise yeah. is the struggle that they dealt with over and over again. And I think in this day and age, it is something really worth watching really worth admiring that a show like this come came along yeah when it did yeah uh all right number two show yes. we had to say goodbye to is star versus the forces of evil so yeah this barely got pushed out of my uh my top 10 this year right 
Uh, my top five, I mean. Top five. And the reason was is because just the other shows just completely just wowed me every step of the way. But yeah, I think Star deserves a spot on this list just for being as consistent as it was. Mm-hmm. For completely redoing what it was after the first season and turning it into a show that reached the heights of uh, the Cartoon Network stuff like Steven Universe. Uh, and just completely the whole time under the radar. And nobody was talking about it. No, no. If you go from what it was in season one, yeah. uh, a girl from a magical place coming to high school yeah. or middle school, like in, in our world, yeah. to where it ended up of literal battle of the worlds yeah. is just night <laughs> and day. And that arc and journey that we've yeah. been on and have seen going through everything yeah. is bar none some yeah. of the best writing animation we've seen. Yeah. And, it, and speaking of nailing the landing, it nailed the landing. Mm-hmm. That final few episodes where it establishes what the new world uh, looks like for the characters in that show is exactly where it should have gone. And everything fit like a puzzle Like by the end of it. Mm-hmm. And it, you could see that they had a direction they were going after that second season that they 100% knew what they wanted to end it on. And they got what they wanted. And yeah, of course I would have liked to see more, but just like OK at KO, I think it told the stories that it wanted to tell with sto- with the characters that it wanted to, like, to, to flesh out. And yeah, it ended up in a really cool place by the end. I think this is a perfect example of letting a creator have control yeah. and know where they want to take the story and how they want it to end it yeah. on their terms. So my, 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 my the message to all of you out there that might have seen it, maybe thought it, maybe because it's on Disney and maybe because of the, the aesthetics of it, that it wasn't for you, because maybe you, a little uh, aged a little lower than you think, think it is, watch it because your mind will be changed. Mm-hmm. It is not just uh, for, for kids. It is doing stuff in its storytelling that's just as, uh, just as poignant and just as well done as the things that are done um, you know, on those Cartoon Network shows that we love so much. And lastly... The top show we yes. have to say goodbye to yes. is actually a twofer. Is it one A and one B? Because okay. one's a comedy and one's a drama, yeah. and both had significant impacts, yeah. at least in our lives. <laughs> that being of The Good Place and Game of Thrones. The Good Place is kind of maybe we shouldn't include it this year because it technically ends next year. Technically, but as all the ads keep saying, the series it is finale. The series finale. But yes, Game of Thrones also ended this year. And yeah, of course, I mean, you said your piece about the quality of it, and mm-hmm. you said, like, your opinions about whether or not it belongs on a top five. But it, we would be remiss, you're correct, if we didn't mention it here, because just the impact it made on television. Mm-hmm. Number one thing that I think that it did was it brought back in the conversation serialized weekly television. Mm-hmm. Like... Streaming nearly eliminated the importance of weekly television. And Game of Thrones reminded everybody, no, there's a reason why this model has worked as long as it has, because it keeps the conversation going. When you have a bingeable show, the conversation dries up in a week. Everybody watches it all in a weekend, and then you talk about it briefly, but then it just disappears, and you're waiting until the next season. Right. Like I said with Umbrella Academy and The Boys, those were binge episodes that... If you weren't there within that month it was watched, yeah, it was gone. But Game of Thrones proved there's still something to the water cooler show. That there's still an importance right. of having a monoculture 
like an element of the monoculture when it comes to talking about a piece of media every week. Well, it spawned a lot of YouTubers' yeah. income to just <laughs> talk about Game of Thrones theories. And we're already seeing the results of that kind of sea change with Disney Plus and The Mandalorian being a weekly show. Mm -hmm. the, Disney realized uh, that they, there's a method to the badness of having a show uh, premiere weekly and that the binge model maybe works for some people but isn't going to be the thing for most people. And so what we've had is a complete reversal of what we thought the Netflix era had done to television. I wouldn't say a complete reversal, but an reawakening. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I mean, also, of course, it upped the, the, the quality level and, unfortunately, the price tag of what we see as prestige television over mm -hmm. the past decade it aired. I mean, now people are looking... I'm sure Amazon, with their Lord of the Rings show, are looking at Game of Thrones and being like, well, we have to do that. We have to get up to that level uh, because if we don't, everybody's going to be like, "Well, this isn't as good as game. Doesn't look as good as Game of Thrones did," mm -hmm. and so it's now upped the bar so impossibly high for <laughs> prestige television that it's going to be insane to see what happens next. Right. Well, people are looking right now at the uh, The Witcher on Netflix yeah, and how that budget. that big fantasy budget is mm -hmm. working out. So yeah, I mean, as a cultural touchstone as a piece of television history, it's definitely going to go down as a classic, regardless of its quality. Because mm -hmm. it's not going to matter. What mattered in the end, and what will matter in the coming decades, is what an impact it made on television, how it changed the game in mm -hmm. so many ways. I mean, there's a reason it swept award season yes. every single year. Yes. It's just consistently some of the top-notch yeah. television, and consistently why... HBO mm -hmm. is able to find all this top-notch television. Yes, they're able to finance everything else on their lineup because of how well Game of Thrones did for them. Yeah, and I think from now on, whenever a television network, streaming or otherwise, does a fantasy show, Game of Thrones will be the first thing out of people's mouths. Mm -hmm. uh, like I said, um, we talked about seventy-three. Yeah. Shows over the course of our I year. feel like we talked about 73 shows right now. <laughs> I know. I'm looking through uh, what we've talked about and just yeah. some stuff I'd like to honorable mention, just briefly mention real quick, mm -hmm. uh, including the Twilight Zone reboot. Oh, yeah. That uh, happened this year. Black Mirror and Bandersnatch, we mentioned briefly. Yep. Uh, let's see here. Euphoria. Oh, yeah, that happened. Happened. Um, same with Infinity Chain. Hard Knocks with the Oakland Raiders. <laughs> that was a disappointment, you said, but otherwise. Otherwise, it was uh, the Raiders' season's disappointment, yeah. but otherwise. That's also true. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the Righteous Gemstones. Oh, yeah. Was, you, uh, you really enjoyed that show. I really enjoyed that show. I've yet to go back and actually finish watching it. Yeah, if we were going to do another list, uh, interesting list, it would have been good best new shows of the year. I'm sure you would have been talking about that one. Oh, yeah. I mean... Speaking of best new shows mm -hmm. over here, we have um, 911, we talked about Unicorn, yeah. All Rise, Bluff City Law, The Voice, Bob Hart's Abishola. Oh, big goodbye to Sunnyside. Yeah, after <laughs> one episode. <laughs> after like four episodes. Oh, okay. Uh, Stumptown, Mixed Dish, uh -huh. Carol's Second Act. South Park also was still, still in this. Going. Yep, uh, with its feud with China. Watchmen, um, Little Mermaid Live was also this year. A bunch of live uh, products, yeah, but yeah, yeah. And then Rick and Morty returned after a year and a half hiatus. But hey, 
I think overall this is a good year in television. Yeah, it definitely uh, uh, was a good safe harbor from way worse things happening elsewhere in the world. Uh, you don't say. <laughs> I mean, just of yeah. all the chaos in the world, like, yeah. I mean, clearly we could have talked about TV news literally every week at something different. Yeah. Uh, and that was an ongoing show. Right, yeah, that was his own show this year for sure. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, um, ultimately I think this was a stellar year in television in a changing television landscape that continues to baffle, confuse, and amaze. Like, who knows where we'll be at next year when we're talking about television, but I'm sure that this year is a good taste of what's to come. Right, and like we said... It's going to be interesting to see what the next decade holds right. with all these streaming Starting services. next year, the game changes. Yep. All right. All right. And, and we'll wrap it up. That's it for uh, this is a special one. Special one for television. Uh, so thank you for joining us for the first episode of our 2019 year wrap-up uh, here at the Media Boat Podcast. We'll be continuing this um, tomorrow. Uh, to, or, tomorrow tomorrow yeah, will tomorrow. be our normal uh, episode. Yeah, we'll do a normal episode for you, but then when we pick up where we left off with the wrap-up, we will have, waiting for you, music. Uh, yeah, music will be on Friday. Movies. T- movies will be... We'll go, we'll go movies or video games? Oh, video games first. We'll do video games on Monday, yeah. and then movies and then on movies. Tuesday. So you'll have the whole year in review for you. Uh, yeah, that uh, our end of the year. Anything we last yeah. left off review will be after that. After that, on Wednesday the first for New Year. So look forward to it. But for now, uh, we will see you guys next time. Right, or if you're listening to this in the future, yeah, you can listen to all of it right yeah. now. Bye. Okay, bye. <laughs>